0: Why don't we all lift our hands and just speak out our praise and our thanks to Jesus all at once. Everybody, declare it out. Lord, thank you so much. Thank you for dying in my place. Thank you for dying for everyone on this planet. Thank you for giving your life that we would have life. Thank you that you came and you did what we couldn't do. Thank you that you came and you gave what we couldn't have without you. Thank you for being our Savior, our Lord. Thank you for being King of kings and Lord of lords. Thank you that you pursue ordinary people like us and you make us your own and you transform us from glory to glory. Thank you for all that you've done and thank you for all you are going to do. Now make us a light in the nations. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, yes. You know, you have an appointment with God this morning. You've already been having it, but this is an appointment with God for us to receive all that he has and be literally blown apart by his goodness so that it all leaks out to the people around us. And that's what we're going to be doing together uh, in our time. Thank you, team, so much. Those songs really helped us to connect our hearts with him. Um, uh, also, let me not forget to pass the baskets for those who have their tithes and offerings they wanted to bring, Apart one from one side and one over the other side, um, not to detract from the worship I'll pass that that way, thank you. (laughs) That's called pouring out our offering at his feet. (laughs) We are going to share some uh, testimonies together and... uh, I want to hear from you, but before we do that, let me say if you're uh, new among us, we'd love you to take a connect form from one of the racks on the tables and just fill that out so we can stay in touch with you. Uh, We're glad that you're with us and we want to stay in touch. We want you to be part of the family. And then all around the room on the chairs, there are these garden community slips that you may have seen if you travel 544. The big tent has gone up at the 707 connector and 544. Uh, That's a community tent. That's not Beach Family Worship Center doing their own thing. That's them having a big enough property that they've said, hey, yeah, everyone can come. And so a number of churches in the community are cooperating together. We're going to have a Good Friday meeting service uh, on Good Friday at 6 p.m. And that'll be the start of regular meetings under the tent for the whole community to meet with God. So that's what we've been praying for, isn't it? That's what we've been asking God to do, that the churches will join hands, make a, a space and an opportunity for the community to meet God. And so, <laughs> I don't know what that was. <laughs> that was an amen from somewhere. <laughs> so please take those, encourage your friends. We will see you there on Good Friday. Um, and then after Easter weekend, every Friday night at 7 and every Sunday evening at 6, there will be some kind of community meeting there. Uh, so at any point where that works for you, I'd encourage you to join in with that. Jane and I are going to be down there as often as we can as well. So that's part for the whole community to join together, to worship, uh, to uh, to enjoy God together. So we had the Bethel team here for, the. the it was a sort of long weekend, wasn't it? Sort of Well, it was Thursday by the time they got here. <laughs> Poor things, they had a terrible journey to get here. But we had an amazing time with them. During that time, we had the Sisters Closet and also the Spirit Spa, uh, where we were offering uh, prophetic words to folks, words of encouragement, healing, prayer, and so on. And I know God did a lot during that time. Uh, and then right after that, we went right into the Bob Sorge weekend, where the man with no voice used his voice to really bring the voice of God to us and it was powerful Uh, and of course that meant that we weren't here on Sunday morning last Sunday so we haven't had an opportunity yet to hear any testimonies of what God's been doing among us in the last couple of weeks but boy has he been at work so I want to open up now and encourage you to come and share what has God done in your heart or what have you seen God do over these past couple of weeks. And I am going to open this up also to the prophetic art group from last night, but I'd like to start with the Bethel team and Spirit Spa and then move on to Bob Sorge. So, anybody want to come and share something that God has done in you or that you've seen God do through that weekend? So Caleb's, Caleb's always ready. He's great. Yes. <laughs> Spirit Spa, you've got something to say, haven't you, Fount? <laughs> I've always got something to say. <laughs> the uh, Spirit Spa thing. Linda and I came thinking we might receive, and it turned out they needed someone to help give. So uh, one thing that that shows us, which in one way we already knew, but it just confirmed, uh When God puts you in a position to do something, he gives you what you need to do it. We were just amazed at the way God came in and touched people, even though we came to receive.
1: (laughs) Well, so for me, it was just wonderful to be around the vitality and the vibrance. And uh, just what they imparted, I felt like they came with such a, an humble spirit that they weren't here to show us or to teach us, but they were here to receive what they could receive too, and but also to encourage us. And it was just a real blessing for me uh, that I got to team up with a young girl that was, we were both novices, but we just, we, I think God put us together as a team. And we were a good team. So it was just uh, thankful to see how God uh, works with us even in our hesitancies and still see other people being touched and then just to receive what we received from them and the connection and not wanting to ever let them go, but knowing that they need to go on. So it was a real blessed time for us. That's
0: great. Wonderful. Who else? <laughs> Pardon?
2: So, um, the person who I invited to church, um, the couple days before Sunday, one of the Bethel people talked to her at the store and invited her, and he said that he was from Catch Fire. Then she told me on Saturday, and I was like, oh, that is God. Then he came on saturday night to me to give me a piece of paper and i was like hey i have an interesting story for you and turned out he was the one who give who prayed for her and give me the paper and so we all had like this moment over there when we realized god used us in the story
0: isn't it perfect how god weaves it all together you know and uh, your friend had a good time. I think she really enjoyed it. Yeah, excellent. Who else wants to share what God was doing in them through that weekend with the Bethel team?
3: Yeah. I, I think um, there were a number of things that impressed me. You know, and some of you may be like me. You know, you're kind of thinking, well, these guys are going to come in. That's nice. That's good, but you know, what can they impart to us? And I've been in this a lot longer than they are old. And I, you know, so what can they show me? This kind of thing, you know. And, um, but of course, their enthusiasm. And it was interesting to me, their depth of the spirit for being so young in some ways. But I think among other things that impressed me was that um, they came out to the mission. And a mission's interesting place, can be a little scary place if you're maybe not too familiar with it, you know, but, and it was daylight when they got there, that's good. But uh, <laughs> but they were they were um, just a very friendly group. And we came in there, and, uh, you know, I'm thinking, well, we'll do a few psalms, maybe have a few testimonies, kind of see what goes on from there. And we sort of did that. But, you know, their heart was really to pray for people. And I was just, I, I'm like, they, they, they knew no boundaries in terms of prayer. In other words, they didn't mind getting down with, you know, some, some of those guys kind of rough, getting down with some of these rough guys, and whether they were gals or girls, I'm, I'm gals or guys, they didn't seem to mind, you know, getting down with these guys and spending a lot of time with them in prayer. And, and you know, that was really that I, I think that I, I caught maybe some of their heart And that was, uh, it was really exciting and rejuvenating. Also, I heard, I wasn't there, that um, I guess they just held kind of a little prayer meeting over by the Kroger over there. Was that correct? I thought, wow, we need to be doing more of that. You know, when we go to the Kroger's, we're mainly in there to get our, you know, butter, milk, cheese, bread, this kind of stuff, and get out the door and get out of the parking lot. You know, but I was just, I thought, you know, that is really, you know, whatever, 21st century Christianity, is just setting up camp for God. Whether you're in the parking lot of the Kroger or the parking lot of the mission or you're in the mission itself, you can have church, you know, out on the, the boardwalk, that kind of thing. And so I think that was one of the takeaways for me.
4: That's great. Robert. So I kind of echo what, uh, Robert, what you said. One of the things that I thought was really um, very special and, and not that they were coming to be the move of God in, in the midst of catch the fire, but that they were just willing and open to, to do what God would have them do. And I thought it was very, very, uh, for me it was kind of dynamic because there was a reciprocal operation of how God was moving in their hearts and our hearts to them. And, and we, I think we, we had them catch our fire if I can put it that way, because what we found in in our season of life and season of maturity and walking in the Lord. But I was really intrigued and and blessed by their pressing into the word of God, their prophetic words. I had witnessed with them that they were very accurate on point. It wasn't like they were trying to create some scenario that they're telling you what God was saying, but they were hearing what the spirit, Spirit of the Lord is saying and, and a lot of times, you know, this young lady came up, she said, kind of pulled me aside and said, I want to pray for you, but I don't have the word yet. <laughs> I said, okay. Um, and I wound up just giving her a word in, in that particular, and then said, okay, I know what it is. But it was just very special to just be open to allow God to just work in your heart. And, and what he did is, is we, we were both blessed in the midst of that. And so it just—it was just really special with, with that particular group. And we missed Saturday here, but uh, I thought it was just awesome how, uh, how they came and ministered.
0: It was very much a two-way street, wasn't it? Uh, they were thoroughly blessed by being here just as we were blessed by them. Carol?
1: I was blessed because I got to have three of them in my home. And my home will never be the same again. But one of the things that One of the ladies that stayed with me said, and Robert, this comes off of what you said, you know, they were over in the Kroger parking lot, right? They were in the Dollar Tree. They were in the Kroger. They were in the stores, and they were sharing. They were praying for people. And one of the gals in my house said, when she came in that evening, she said, you know what I learned? She says, it's really easy, and it didn't cost me anything Mm -hmm. except maybe my pride. And isn't that a word for us? It didn't cost me anything. And then on Saturday night, I had a couple of friends here. I knew one of them was coming. I didn't know the other one was. But anyhow, they received words during that time that nobody knew but them. And they both said, those people were reading my mail. The words that they gave were things that they were asking God about. And spoke directly to them. So very much on point, as you were saying, John.
0: Wonderful.
5: Um, <clears throat> just speaking on the accuracy of their words, um, to follow up with um, Robert and Carol, uh, I went to the Spirit Spa, and I went to a couple stations in there, but I was at the prophetic station in... One of the guys, you know, they were they were praying and giving me some words, and they were just all confirmations. But one of the the guys said, "I just see you with this pen, and it's an old timey pen with this this feather on the end of it that you dip in ink and in you're writing." And he's describing this pen, and when he got done. I just smiled because in my Amazon cart, I, ha- I just had put that exact pen in my Amazon cart, an old-timey pen that you dip in ink with a turquoise feather, and I pulled it up to show them, and so it was really cool because they were blessed with confirmation that they really are hearing from God, but then I was blessed because it was confirmation for me also.
0: So are you catching the two-way street here? Because every one of them left here also treasuring what Crystal had done for each of them, which was their names. And particularly the little heart gift thing that you did out of that, the little cards as well, that blew them away. You know, so th- this is not us bringing in a bunch of clever professionals to do something that we can't do, nor is it us bringing in a bunch of people who don't know what they're doing to get what we've got. It's actually just the body of Christ coming together. And it all cross-pollinates, if I could use a sort of plant analogy, because that's my background. But it, we cross-pollinate with one another. And the the, the the Lord loves that. So, yeah, thank you. Sherry.
6: Okay, well, I was blessed to have five of them stay with me. And um, through my job, I didn't get to spend mornings with them because I was gone long before they got up. But even in the spirit spa here, I would, when I got bored, you know, walking around, I would go and just sit and have them give me a word of encouragement. And I had three different words of encouragement over the weekend, and all three were the same. I mean, basically the same. It it was speaking, you know, maybe a little bit different, but it all came to the same conclusion, which I thought was really good because it was encouraging to me. And um, but one thing I really got from this was when I go on missions trips, I'm gung ho. I can't wait to get there That's all I want to do is for the Lord. And like these kids, this was a mission trip for them and they were so gung ho. But why am I not like that every day? Why do I lose it? Why am I gung ho on a missions trip and want to be out there doing nothing but speaking about the Lord and praying? But when I'm here, I'm so busy and caught up that. When I watched them, the realization came, this should be life normally, not just when we're on a mission trip. And these young people were so into everything, but they were still normal. We sat and had popcorn and watched movies at night at my house. And, you know, I got to know them that way as, as themselves, because we would just talk. So I just want to be more like them. I just want to get gung-ho again and just be always with the Lord on my mind. And not just when I go on missions trips or when I come to church on Sunday. I want it to be 24-7. And they brought that back to reality to me.
0: I love that. And uh, the reason it's not just when you come to church on Sunday is because we don't come to church on Sunday, do we? We are the church seven days a week. And it's our interactions with one another.
7: I want to follow up what Robert had said and started the conversation about the team being at Kroger. I think they had a worship team there. And then they had several of them going out in twos that were just going to talk with people. And they went into the stores and everything. And so they actually invited them to come to the Sisters Closet and the Spirit Spa. And uh, so people arrived. And I said, how did you hear about us? And they said, well, and then they gave the name. Like Emily at the Kroger said, you know, to come here. And so I knew that we were actually, they were on mission from the Kroger and it just, there were so many people who came because of that and it was very, very different. And so it highlights the fact that we don't want to stay in here. We need to be out there um, and just connecting with people. And I think our lifestyle, as someone already said, is just so fast, Siri, um, you know, and and he's asking us just to, to breathe and take time for the person in front of us.
0: I believe we're going to the next level, and that was no coincidence that that was Bob Sorge's topic last weekend. How many of you got to be with us in one or more of the meetings last weekend? Quite a few, that's good. So anybody want to share something that God spoke to you or did in your heart through those meetings? And again, my segue into this is how much Bob loved the spirit of the people here in Myrtle Beach and how much the people here in Myrtle Beach gained and uh, were, were refreshed by the spirit of Bob. Uh, it's still, it's, it's two-way street, isn't it? So, Jamie.
8: Um, I do want to just mention about the Bethel weekend. I feel like it was, they were like spiritual lighter fluid to us. I mean, they really just ignited... Like, you know, there there is a fire, but I felt like in some of us it's, yeah, it needed some. So it was definitely, um, and I felt like it prepared, it prepared the way for Bob's weekend. Um, and so, like, I, even though, like, I'd had the great weekend with Bethel, the worship was amazing. Like, I just got lost in it. It was, and it was every team that they came up, you know um but (laughs) then i found myself that week um i just didn't even want to go um you know there were some hard places in my heart and i knew i would have to face some people at that were gonna be there and i just didn't i didn't want to go and i was like you know what i said it's okay i said i don't have to go you know and i was like i'm just not prepared for it I'm not ready and something changed and then you know I felt bad because I didn't want Robert to have to go by himself because <laughs> he was kind of like well what am I going to tell people <laughs> I was like so then I was like okay I'll just go and I went and he started to and I didn't really know exactly you know he was I saw it was about fruitfulness I was just like oh what's this going to be and he was talking about the hard places in your heart and I was like, okay, well, you know, by the end of the night, I really hadn't had to face so much. I was like, well, this wasn't bad. I didn't even have to face anything, you know. And then, like, right before the end, I I did, and everything was great. I went home, and I was so energized, and I felt so free. I was like, wow. I was like, God, just in the going and just being obedient, I was like, I was able to, like, till up that hard place and so then and I was just like like I was just so excited when I got home and literally I sat on the edge of my bed and got got ready to lay down I was just like man this is awesome and he just dropped another he was like well you know there's another hard place you have and I was like and I was like oh I was like but I I felt like that hard place like contributed to other struggles that I currently have. And I felt like because I was f- getting free from that one, I felt like I could face all those other things that had come along because of that. And so, and then I was just like, Lord, and you know, I've the second hard place that the Lord revealed to me, like I've prayed the prayers and the person involved doesn't live around here and we haven't been in communication for about six months. And, you know, I've just prayed those prayers and just kind of waited and, and really had come to a point where I didn't feel like I really wanted to be in, in relationship with that person anymore. But, you know, it was like one of those things I don't want to reach out and tell them that because then that's the wrong motive, wrong intent. And so, you know, so anyway, That night, I just said, well, Lord, you know, I've prayed these prayers. I have to leave this on your altar because I said, you know, you know the deal. I don't feel led to reach out, but I'm leaving it. And literally, I got a text two days later from that person that I hadn't been in. I'm like, God, you're so faithful that you're, you know, and it it just began that softening. So... You know, for me, it just and then he also talked about um and sorry if I'm taking too long, but he also talked about um just the distractions that could lead to your the hardening of your heart, and like i and I've shared before, like I've really struggled with television and things of this world taking up my time, and so I actually did, as a result of that weekend, cancelled Netflix, cancelled sling um so you know, it was just like, I'm going to be proactive. Um And, you know, so it was really impactful for me. So anyway.
7: I want to speak over you, courage. You have walked in courage. So I just want to thank you, Father, for courage. in Jamie, can I pray for you? Father, thank you for the the courage and strength in her. Father, thank you that as Jamie has given her testimony of courage where she's trusted and she's she's stepped out not knowing what, what it was going to be like, like oceans, like I step out, but you have been faithful. And so I feel like as Jamie's done that, she's made a way in this room for other people who need courage. So I just want to speak that out into this room. If you need courage, can you, can you put your hand on your heart or show away and someone next to you can pray or just agree? But I, I want to speak courage because he's actually... Um, I'm just going to come over here and read this. We were reading it earlier uh, from Ephesians. I pray from his glorious unlimited resources. So we sometimes feel like we don't have enough. But in this case, God met Jamie and he's meeting you. And he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. And... I feel like that empowering is that same thing as courage. He's giving you courage in your hearts right now. right? So receive that. And um, Christ will make his home in your hearts. So as Bob was talking about the rocks, and that we actually take the rocks out, and then they're gone, and then the weeds, we have to keep attending to them so they keep because they keep coming back, but we keep on. But all the time, we're, we're dealing with that soil, so it becomes more and more good soil. And I feel like that's that thing about the home. That our, our our heart is like a, is a is soil, and he's taking out the rocks. We're agreeing. We're we're breaking our partnership with the rocks, and we're breaking our partnership with the weeds, and um, and so he, so he can actually have more place to be at home in our hearts as we trust him, and then it says your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. So that's what I want to speak over you, Jamie. is you like you, I'm um, taking an initiative, and you 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 are going to know that your roots are strong, so strong because of this, and you're going to be like bearing even more fruit. So, yes. yes.
9: This is a story. <laughs> Before... Th- any of the people came this recently I had felt like that the Lord was saying to me to pull away from everything all the distractions and specifically to get off the media stuff just and it's funny God said take my Bible and a notebook, and a pen. Mm. And that's exactly what Bob Sorge said the other day. And I had heard that three weeks ago. And I'm working into that. It's, I found out that it's not a one and done. That it's, It's a struggle to do that because we've gotten so accustomed to having all those media everything in our lives. So about that same time, I guess I had heard that he was coming. But I remembered that I had one of his books on my bookshelf. And funny enough, it's the same one that you guys went through recently on the Wednesday morning, The Secrets of the Secret Place. And I had said to Nancy, do we still have that book? Because, we I mean, we're both book collectors, if you know what I mean, and we have given out get gotten rid of let go of a lot of books in the past year or so so i couldn't remember if we had kept that one or not so if i found it it was still there and i had pulled out that book to go through again because it's been maybe i don't know how long 20 years since i went through that book so it was it was an amazing thing, and I got I got to talk with him for just a few minutes, and uh, he was like, "Oh wow, <laughs> you know, confirmation all around of what God is saying to us, you know, it's to me specifically, you know."
2: Okay, so I wasn't um, around much for the Bethel thing. Um, But in that time period, I was struggling in my own self about my abilities and what God has called me to and feeling like an imposter, like that I couldn't do it, like that I wasn't good enough. But in that same time period, when I wasn't here, I helped three different people start their books and I helped like different other people get to medical appointments and all these things and God kept showing me that even though Bethel was here and they did all these things I went through the Bethel school I've done those things now I'm not disregarding what happened here but what God has shown me is that I was gifted in a different way and that he needed me to do something different, and that I was still being obedient to what he was asking me to do regardless of my desire to be here. Um, and each time I felt like I wanted to be here, I was, like, exhausted. And I'd be like, I'm so sorry, I can't stay. i got to go home and sleep. And God was just reminding me over and over again that it's okay to rest. So he was telling me, like, you feel like you're inadequate, but you're still obeying You're still resting. You're still putting me first. Then I had a talk with Bob um, because the first night I was there, I was selling his books. And I went back and undid the table and stuff. And I didn't know he said not to sell his books that night. So I was selling his books regardless. And then I went and talked to him a little bit. And we had a conversation about um, counseling and he, was, he talks about counseling couples, and I counsel couples. And so we had some good conversation about certain things, and it's really funny, John, he was like, if you don't know John, like, um, Randy was like, you need to meet John. I'm like, I already know him. Awesome. Um, we go to the same church. Um, so, But Bob had, like, imparted a lot of wisdom to me, and so, like, uh, all of the things that I felt that I couldn't do Bob encouraged me so much in what God was already telling me. And he did it in a little amount of words. And I felt like when I left Bob's thing that I felt like I could do it. Like I felt like I'm not gonna give up and I'm not I'm gonna keep plowing through. I'm gonna keep pulling the weeds out. I'm gonna keep removing the rocks. Cause I'd gotten to the point where like I'm just gonna leave the rocks and the weeds and I don't just don't care anymore. And And I just felt like for the first time, I felt like I could pick the plow up again. So that's how I was feeling.
0: Hallelujah. One more, and then I'll sort of thread it together, and then we'll come back to prophetic art after that.
10: Um. So I kind of want to go back to the Bethel thing, um, their service on Sunday. I was strongly encouraged um, to get prayed over for having a voice. Like I had lost it over the years, and it's always been a dream of mine to be up on stage singing. Like that's it's what I love to do. I love to sing, and, and seeing God, like, push me in that direction. Like, hey, you have a voice. I have given you a voice. You need to be singing. Like, you know, you need to be worshiping me, you know, on stage. And... So, I was like, okay, I'll go get prayed over. And I did, and it's like, I can speak again. Like, I can voice my opinion, I can and, and be heard, you know, and have the courage to do so, um, which has been incredible. And it was an honor today just to be up there singing, you know, with the worship team, and I enjoyed it. So, yeah, thank you.
0: Yay. Round of applause for Holly for being obedient and worshipful. (laughs) So good. Like I said, we're definitely going to the next level. And uh, this kind of, I just want to thread together a little bit of what we've heard in the testimonies. Because several of you started out by sort of talking about your dissatisfaction or your resistance or your... Ah. (laughs) And I want you to see that the journey to the next level starts with dissatisfaction. So for any of you who are feeling dissatisfied in an area, I want you to see that dissatisfaction in a new light this morning. That's an invitation to the journey to the next level because we need to make sure that we handle our dissatisfaction in the right way I'm sure it doesn't apply to anyone else in this room but I too often let my dissatisfaction draw me into dysfunction you know I'm dissatisfied with something whatever it might be you know, well, oh, there's only 20 people here this Sunday. We're not, you know, what are we doing? <laughs> that wasn't my feeling today, by the way, but <laughs> it has been in the past, just being real. And if I let that push me either into striving to change it or into giving up, <laughs> as we heard from several, like Brandy was saying, oh, I'm just going to leave the rocks and the weeds. Yeah, you know. Like Jamie was saying, no, I don't want to go. <laughs> if we let our dissatisfaction rob us, we find that we've missed the, the start of the journey. But we can always come back to the start of the journey because dissatisfaction is supposed to lead us to hunger. Not dysfunction, but hunger. You know, I, I'm tired of being tired. I'm tired of feeling unfruitful. I'm tired of feeling stuck. I'm tired of not having a voice. Uh, And I have, therefore, a hunger for things to be different. And that is when (laughs) hunger leads me to the only one who can meet that hunger. Right? Because I've tried meeting my hunger from other directions, and it doesn't work, does it? I was talking to uh, uh, somebody the other day who's wrestling with some addiction and was asking me for wisdom on what to do. person loves the Lord, is convinced that God will set them free, but they're still wrestling with this addiction. And I said, well, the key is not to focus on the addiction, but to focus on the Father. I heard this great quote, actually, this wasn't in my notes, but I heard this great quote the other day. The, the solution to addiction is to find something better. <laughs> Too often we go, oh, you need to stop that. <laughs> and we try and stop that, you know. And then, then the more you focus on it, the more you do it. <laughs> you know, I used to ride a motorcycle, um, well, back before I met Jane, and then I had to make a choice between the wife and the motorbike, and I made the right choice. But then when we got to the stage of having like four cars in the driveway and the insurance bill was going way up because we had you know, young men driving and she then let me get one <laughs> because it was the only way we could afford a fourth vehicle at the time. But anyway, key thing with motorcycling is the bike goes where you look. If you've got to go around a bend, you look around the bend and lo and behold, the bike goes around the bend. If you focus on the white line or the, or the car in front or, oh gosh, I better not get this wrong, or on the handlebars, you, you're in trouble. You just look around the bend and the motorbike goes around the bend. It, it's bizarre, but it's true. I was going to say, try it next time you're going over the bridge into Conway on 501 bypass. Look at the concrete median. No, please don't do that. Because <laughs> that, that piece of road gets jammed up often enough. But if you look at what you don't want to hit, you'll hit it. Every single time. But if you look ahead, you don't. Okay, that wasn't in the notes, but hunger leads to revelation. Hunger brings us to the one who can satisfy. Hunger leads us to rhema, which is what Bob was talking about, wasn't it? Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every rhema that proceeds from the mouth of God. Because rhema is that word that we translate word where God goes into your life. He kind of creeps up behind you and goes down the back of your neck. You go, ooh. (laughs) Or he speaks a truth in a way that your heart can't avoid it. It's beautiful. And I love what Bob said, that the more we get into logos, the more we get rhema. The more you hang around with other believers, the more you'll encounter the Father. The more you read his word, the more his rhema word will come to you. It's something better. It's better than Netflix. (laughs) Pick up on what Jamie was saying. Um, And I love what Bob said about the logos. That all of this and all the prophetic words you've ever had, and I'm coming back to the prophetic art in just a minute, all of those words are a rhema God gave to someone else. And that's why reading Logos brings me to more rhema, because it was rhema to start with. The mistake that I made for so long in my life was that I would open this book and try to study it and learn it alone without listening for the voice that wrote it. It all depends on my heart. My hunger leads me to revelation. And revelation will always lead me into community. Because God created us to be community. Which is why the Bethel team gave us so much. They came as a community. They'd prepared together to be a team, but then they came to be community with us. They opened wide their arms and embraced us, and we opened wide our arms and embraced them. And the community grew, and the rhema grew in the community. Did you notice that? That came through in all of the things that were shared. They gained as much from us as we gained from them because we all gained because God loves it when we get together. He loves it when we get together so i want to say and, and again this is no um no judgment on any of you watching or listening to this later i understand there's all kinds of reasons why you couldn't make it but kudos to all of you who are here in the room we don't gather on sunday to do church but we gather on sunday to rub off on one another to be community And it doesn't stop when we close the meeting. It actually starts when we close the meeting. don't know if you'd noticed that. You know, those of us who have to lock the door at the end, the community starts (laughs) when the guy at the front shuts up. So I'm going to keep it moving. Yeah, go on.
7: I want to declare, you know, we said how accurate the team was. I want to declare that you are very accurate in this place too. And so I want to really bless that accuracy and... Less that, more of that to flow, that you, you know, take, take courage with each other and step out and, and, um, you know, continue to be accurate with each other because I feel like that's, we have this here too.
0: So let me give you the, 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 the sentence that God gave me that led me into doing this this morning. I need what you have, and I have what you need. Why don't we all say that about ourselves and about one another? Okay? I need what you have. I have what you need. So, yeah, like Jane said, give it, take it, <laughs> shake them for it if you have to. <laughs> give it, take it, shake it, bake it. Whatever. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. We have the fire, but it always makes the fire burn brighter when a truck full of lighter fluid shows up. You are a truck full of lighter fluid for the people around you. You have the ability to make their fire burn brighter. And their fire has the ability to ignite in you what God has put there. That's why we do this, right? (laughs) That's why we do this. So there's this beautiful tension between the time I spend alone with God. We've talked a lot about that this morning. And it's beautiful and right. Time in worship, time with my journal, uh, time in the Bible, in the Word. And then the time I need to spend with you all. (laughs) Where I get the benefit of what you've got and you get the benefit of what I've got. It's not either or. It's both (laughs) and. We love to say, and this might be a little controversial, but um, it's very common at Easter time for Christians to tell other people, Jesus died for you. And there's a truth in that, but it actually narrows it down too much. Because Jesus died for everyone. And you are part of everyone. <laughs> but Jesus died for everyone. It's, uh, so inviting people into uh, just an individual relationship without mentioning, oh, by the way, there's thousands of others <laughs> that you're going to need to relate to as well, is almost a little, I don't know. Anyway, let's not follow that squirrel too far. But we start with dissatisfaction it leads us to hunger hunger leads us to rhema and revelation and then revelation leads us into community there was very clearly a sense of community yesterday in the prophetic art group and I'd love Crystal for you to share a little bit but anybody else who was there to share a little of what God was doing in the prophetic art group then I've got one more thing to wrap it up with and then we'll be done
5: Um, you want me to, this is good. Okay. Uh, so we had about, we had 13 of us last night and then Jane showed up at the end, which made 14. And, uh, all week I had cut out these houses, these that I made out of paper and decorated these houses. And I felt like this, that was the assignment. We were going to make these houses and ask God what your house means. We're going to decorate the house. It could be a a new place you're entering into. It could be something in your heart that God is wanting to do. It could be a healing. The house could represent you. you. Um, But let me say this. One of the ladies who came invited a girl. Every time she comes, she doesn't go to our church, but every time she comes, the prophetic art is an outreach to her. So every time she comes, she invites different people and she invited a young girl who was 21, and um, she got saved 30 minutes before she came to the event. And so it was really cool because we we work on our art, and then at the end, we talk about our art, and we share what God is saying to us through our piece of art, and, and, and then all of us get to speak into the piece of art. Um, and so she got to see a little bit. She's brand new to the Lord, so she got to see a little bit of... Um, how God moves and how God ap- operates and she got to see how we can hear from God which I think opened her up to to, to realize that she can hear from God too even though she was newly saved um, one of the beautiful things was there were four young uh, three, uh, three other teenagers uh, Amy Trinity and um, DeAsia and they did these beautiful houses all, all so very different and you know they shared about their houses which really was their heart and one of the girls had all these encouraging words written under it because that's how she she doesn't feel like that. But she wrote all these words because she knew that that's how God saw her and that she needed to see herself that way. And another girl, her house was just so bold and beautiful, but this girl is also very shy and kind of shies away from people. But she said um, God was calling her to be bold, and that's why she made her house bold because that's how God saw her, and so they're making these things, not realizing that in the beginning that you know this is the very thing that God is doing in them. Um, but I don't know; it was just wonderful. Everybody got to share. I know Renee wants to share something. Oh, I lost my chance.
11: Um. <clears throat> So when we were sharing, um, we ended up just kind of going around the circle and Paula started and I was, which made me last. And, you know, by the time we got to the end, everyone was like, okay, it's late. We're ready to go. Um, The, and this is absolutely, if you were there last night, this is absolutely not any, anything but, words and then what led to my revelation this morning so please don't take it the wrong way but as mine was being passed around I was like oh my gosh there's so much going on it's just so busy like you know you got a lot of stuff in here and I was like yeah I know but that's how like that's everything on the page and in my house was pertinent to something that um the assignment was what does God have for your house or in your house so long story short, wasn't a whole lot from anybody in the circle. Um, Roxanne, uh, her, um, word from it was, um, there was an authority that God was calling out of me. And because one of the things I put on there was I am choosing happiness. And she's like, that's, you know, God's calling you to authority. So this morning well, fast forward and, um, I was getting ready and, It was a long night, and um, the house is the place where I belong, so there was a lot going on because I have a lot going on, but there were things that were significant to me, and he allowed me to create a place where I belong, and I have that freedom, and I can be expressive, And I can get the things done that I'm supposed to get done and do those with the authority that he's calling me in to do. So um, it wasn't until this morning that I actually got anything about my house even. (laughs) Um, But it was very empowering to, with everything that's going on to just feel like there is this place and I belong there.
5: Let me say one more thing. I created like five different houses as an example to show everyone, and I realized what I felt like God was telling me was that in your house are all these rooms. In each house that I created, represented something like love, celebration, the Holy Spirit, and I felt like God was saying to me, all of these houses that you created are rooms in your house that you can go to when you need to spend time with the Holy Spirit. Go into this room. You always have something to celebrate. And when you feel like you don't, step into this room and let me remind you. You know, it's all about love, being enveloped in God's love and love in others. So I just had all these houses I created, not knowing, just to give them an example, but not knowing that God was saying, step into any of these rooms anytime you want.
0: Thank you. That's a beautiful lead-in to how I think we should wrap it up this morning. What does God want you to step into today and my final word is to rely on cooperation with God and not your own determination I don't know how many of you get founts daily reflection but I find them so life giving thank you for doing that I think it was yesterday where you said Christianity is not about doing it's about letting him do in us (laughs) what does God want you to step into today a lot of you have shared about stuff you are stepping into out of the last couple of weeks and that's fantastic but today's a new morning his mercies are new every morning he's got another step now that he's inviting us into each of us so what I'd like us to do is just to close our eyes and as you close your eyes in your spirit look up look into Father's eyes look up just ask him a question Father where am I in this moment with you. Where am I right now, Daddy? Then as you look into his eyes, kind of lean back into his arms, (laughs) because he loves you right where you are. And just listen to him. Where am I, Father? How do you love me in this moment? And as you lean back into his arms, just turn your attention from looking into his face to looking forward and ask him, Father, what are you doing? What are you doing with me? What is your activity in our church family? What are you doing in Myrtle Beach and the Grand Strand? Father, where are you at work? Where is your life resting? Where is there hope springing up like the seedlings of spring? Where is there life being seen that wasn't seen before? As he begins to show you, remember that that's unique to you, but it's not individual to you. (laughs) There's always going to be a together aspect to what God gives you. So you can say, Father, who do I need to reach out to? (laughs) Who do I need to link arms with? Who do I need to encourage? Who can I hear from? All those kinds of together questions. I love the way that together works in this church family. And I'm asking God to increase it. But then finally I ask Father, Daddy can I join in with what you're doing? Can I join in with you? It might mean I end up singing worship songs in the Kroger parking lot. It might mean I end up inviting people to something. It might mean I just have the right word to say to the next stranger who needs your love. But can I join in with you, Father? Can we join in with you? Thank you that this walk is not about me doing. It's about letting you do. In me and through me. So here I am, Father. (laughs) Here we are, Father. Thank you that you're doing in us and through us. Take us to the next level. Make us more fruitful. Let the fire burn more brightly. Let us encourage one another. In Jesus' name. Amen. I believe that God will show you someone in this room that you are to go to before you go. It may be God's given you something. It may be like the young lady who wanted to pray for somebody who shared, you know, I want to pray for you, but I don't have a word yet. (laughs) Amazing how God shows up when we step out like that. But I believe God is showing each one of you somebody to go to because you have what they need and you need what they have. So do that together. Community continues now, but the meeting ends. God bless you. We'll see you Good Friday in the tent and then back here for celebration on Resurrection Day. After Resurrection Day celebration there will be baptisms. Because somebody wants to be baptized. And if anybody else wants to be baptized, let me know because we gladly do more than one. We're going to run down to the ocean throw her in. And pull her out again. So... Resurrection Sunday is here. Yes. We're still working on the details. It partly depends on what God decides to do with the weather. It partly depends on what God decides to do with the worship team and the other things that they need to get done this week. And it partly depends on what God tells us to do. It will be here. It might be out there. It might be in here. It might be both. It might, who knows? There are no guarantees, but we will be meeting here. So 10 o'clock for prayer, 10.30 to celebrate on Resurrection Sunday.
8: God bless you.